I'm Stephen Jack Butella. And I'm Jill DeWitt. And this is The Land Academy Show. Today, we are talking in depth about why sellers choose to sell their land for less than it's actually worth, less than market value, and also how to build a lifelong fortune by consistently investing in land. I hope you're uh, enjoying our new 2023 weekly show. Mm -hmm. uh, each week, we answer questions here from our Land Academy Discord forum, like we always have. But we've added uh, a land review, where we're, you know, a situation where we review land acquisitions from our weekly Thursday member webinar. Mm -hmm. We take a deep dive uh, into you know two land-related topics by popular requests that I just mentioned. By the way, I'm enjoying the new format. No, seriously, you know what it is? I've I felt like the old format. There's times I'm like, oh, I have so much more to say, but we're like moving on. I so think the the old format is old. <laughs> that's very true. Thank you, Jack, for catching up to 2023. There's about, yeah, that's, well, it's all <laughs> it's me. Kinda sure. it. It's kind of, well, it really. There's about three people that made comment, negative comments about, darn, I, I wanted to listen to it every day. So you but can. You can. You snip it up. There's 1,939 shows that you can yeah, this is listen to true. every day. That's very true. And then when you run out of those, let me know. <laughs> If you're still with us. <laughs> Let's take a question posted by one, uh, one of our members on the Land Academy Discord online community. If you want a sneak peek at our Discord channel, please go to landinvestors.com or landacademy.com. Go ahead. Yeah, thank you. It's on there. <laughs> it's free and it's read only and it'll give you a feel for what our community is talking about uh, with each other. Okay, Brent wrote, so here's a newbie question for y'all. I have some land in Blank County, about 20 acres, and I bought it cheap, but it has about $7,000 in back taxes. So the tax lien holder is foreclosing. Beyond comps, how much should I determine if it's worth me paying the taxes and keeping the asset? Boy, have I been in this situation. Well, You're in was, it right now. You I was in this situation uh, yesterday. Yeah. I mean, we're constantly in this situation. That's it why happens. I included this. Here's the deal. Why I included this topic. Here's the backstory on how and why this happens. If you buy and sell a lot of land, uh, especially at, at the rates where we do $3,000 here, $5,000 there, 30000 you know, and tr it's all for sale, and you're selling, buying properties consistently, you accumulate land. That's the truth of it. And, you know, Jill's going to explain what our tax paying policy is on property taxes. <laughs> Takes a lot. <laughs> we don't pay taxes on property. Not you know unless it, you know. Okay, here's the truth time. So yeah, it's it's easy to. Um, sometimes you get distracted. Sometimes you're like shucks. It's I don't I don't know if I want to sell that now. I think if I wait a little bit, it's going to be better. And, and we're doing so much volume, it's totally fine. I remember too. Part of it is we pay cash for all these things, so I don't care. It's my money. I can let it sit there for a while. No one, I'm not making payments on it. I don't owe anybody any whatever. There's no mortgage on it or loan on it. So when do we worry about taxes? Uh, usually never. This is property taxes. Right. Because especially at our, let me, I'm going to talk at two levels. I'm going to talk about the low properties and I'm going to talk about the high dollar amount properties. First, I'm going to cover the easy ones, which is the high dollar amount properties. 
I'm buying those and selling those via escrow. So escrow is already catching up the taxes. So I definitely we gotta don't slow down here because this is. Can I? I'm gonna give a back the back situation. Okay. I'm gonna say the word, and so is Jill. Tax and lean, all real negative words. <laughs> and you know, not to scare you, the, but not, to inform exactly, you. To, exactly no, to inform you, know, you. Don't worry. Because this, it, believe it or not, this is a, a very serious sign of success for yes. Brent here. Brent's got a property. He probably had it for sale. Maybe it just, you know, it just didn't sell for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. So, or maybe he bought it with a bunch of taxes on it. Probably knew it going you into know, it. You know, he inherited You should know it going into it. Inherited some taxes. So the way taxes work with real estate is not what we're all used to True. when you hear the word tax. When you hear the word tax, you think of April 15th, I'm going to get a, uh, either a refund back or in a lot of cases of the Land Academy members, I'm going to have to write a bunch of checks because it's very, you know, it's expensive and we're making a lot of money. That's income tax. That's not what this is. These are property taxes and property taxes stick with the land. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with me as the owner or Jill or the companies that we own that own these properties, nothing. And so there's no real reason that we would ever pay our property taxes until we sell the property. And that's our policy. And if you're into this business, I encourage you to do the same. Uh, every year around property tax time, mm -hmm. we get tax bills in the mail, enough to fill a banker's box. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's not so bad anymore because we've liquidated a lot of our property, which is good. But if that property, for whatever reason that we have, goes on to the next year and we get another tax bill, it keeps accumulating. Mm -hmm. After a certain amount of time, the taxing authority, which is almost always the county, has a, a statutory process that they follow to get that property back on the tax rolls. In the state that Brent's talking about, uh, which I'm very familiar with, they make the lien to the property available to purchase for the public. So somebody can go buy, that's now I've got $7,000 worth of back taxes on a piece of property. Somebody else, anybody else can go buy that lien mm -hmm. and they, they'll, they pay for the taxes. So the county gets their money. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I, as the property owner now have two choices. I can go pay the guy who bought my lien and mm -hmm. get my property back mm -hmm. or I can forget about it and the property goes back doesn't affect my credit score no one gives me a phone call nothing it's just kind of a non-event this happens tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of times it's a just, year it's just they're just like fine now we're giving it to him so it's he's got kind of he's now thing. faced with this choice somebody mm -hmm. bought his lien uh, and he's is it worth it should I should I write this guy a check and get my property back or should I just forget about it there you go and the bottom line is is it worth it that's really it so seven thousand dollars in back taxes all right so I'm I'm guessing Brent you paid one or two for this because you said he bought it cheap so is it worth 20 if it is I'd do it if I could sell it for for 20 say I bought it for one or two thousand I've got seven thousand in back taxes um, then then and it's really worth, like you do it all wrong and it's worth 20 then I would do it by the way I this is it. you know to, to accumulate seven thousand dollars in back taxes in a state that's out out west here that's got to take time. maybe 10 years yeah so if it's this doesn't happen overnight you know I, I'll tell you a true story this week I was forced to make this decision. I went, I went and bought some property. This is before Jill and I joined forces. That's how old uh, these tax liens are, or this back tax scenario. And 
and I let two of them go back. Uh, mm -hmm. And then there's one that's got an old mobile home on it that is adjacent to farmland that I'm going to write a, well, I, we are going to write. Thank you, Jill, for supporting my silliness. Mm -hmm. Jill and I are together going to write about it. Well, we're going to talk later about <laughs> mistakes we made. And don't think I won't bring this up. <laughs> we're going to write a $3,500 check to get, you know, our our that property back, which I feel like is uh, pretty valuable so that we can relist it for approximately 15 to 20 grand. I thought you wanted to keep it. Well, I do. It's got an old mobile home on it and, and, uh, the, you, the, the electricity and this, water. In the if this thing. doesn't work out, this is his fallback plan. <laughs> oh, believe me. We've got a lot of mobile homes in the desert. Yeah. <laughs> so Jill's 100% right to directly, directly answer the question. Uh, it all comes down to yeah. economics. Are you going to uh, write a $7,000? You already bought the property, so yeah. let's say you paid a couple grand for it. That's what I think. So you might be into the whole deal for $10,000. That's what I think. It better be worth twenty to make this worth your while. Just That's forget it. That's what I think. Exactly. You know, my question too, just a side note, just for, this is experience. This is why you're here too, because nobody has more experience than this one. So... Um, I'm going to I'm going to just make an educated guess that if the back taxes have racked up to 7 grand it's probably worth it. It's a pretty good property. Because if, if the back taxes over 10 years are $700, then you're like, eh, that means they're paying 100 bucks a year, big whoop. But these these have some serious taxes on them, so I'm, I'm thinking it might be a good property. What Jill means is that in general, the higher your tax rate the more valuable. The more valuable the asset is. Not always, but it's a good indication. And that's not apples to oranges because the biggest pile of junk property in Trenton, New Jersey has like twelve thousand dollars of taxes a year. And that's let that those tax that tax amount, we pay less than that in our primary residence in Scottsdale. Mm. And it's you know, Jill doesn't want to live in no junk. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm still laughing at you know, that's not apples and oranges apples to oranges. You mean apples to apples? Yeah. Is that right? What did I say? You apples to oranges. oranges. Oh, I like no. hey, Actually it is apples to oranges. You're right. You can always count on your spouse to correct you. <laughs> sorry. It's gonna be that kind of a day. Yeah. You wanna when you compare uh uh, tax value and you want to look at within, <laughs> within the apples. same county and hopefully within the same area of the same county same way we price mailers i think it's very sweet that you turn that around it's usually because you know what? it's usually me you're like what did you just say yeah <laughs> okay. today's topic we're going to talk about why sellers actually choose to sell their land for less than market value. Thank you, Jill. You're Save very me again. Welcome. This is time number two. You got it. That's why I'm here. Why would somebody ever, <sighs> ever sell a property that's worth $100,000 for $30,000 to Jill? Would you ever go on the internet and buy a share of stock that's trading at $100 and say, you know, I'm going to offer you a $22,000 for this. Because I like you. Yeah. No, you would be laughed off the trading floor. It would be laughed off the internet. Mm -hmm. it's, it's ridiculous. This is a market. And this is a, so why do people do this all the time? Why are we making millions of dollars every year? And people in our, in our group are making more than that. Mm -hmm. Buying property under its value and, and, uh, and, ha and shaking hands when it's over. Yeah. Thanking us 
Isn't that amazing? Why is that, Jack? Convenience. I haven't said my three uh, milk, my th- the gallon of milk theory in a long time, so I'll say it, say it uh, here at the risk of sounding like an old man. It's not the risk. I am sounding like an old man because I am an old man. <laughs> You're so weird. <laughs> You're not old. <laughs> you have three choices if you want to go buy a gallon of milk. You can get in your car and make uh, an afternoon out of it, go to Walmart or Costco, Shop and you get an amazing price on a gallon of milk. I don't know what milk goes for now, but it's probably two or three gallons, maybe two or three dollars a gallon, maybe more. It's probably eight in your way off. And you pat yourself on the back. Yeah, it's probably eight. (laughs) Yeah. Pat yourself on the back and you say, I got the best price on a gallon of milk there ever was. Or you can go to the grocery store that's right down the street and pay a couple dollars more a gallon or a dollar more a gallon, whatever the prices are. And because you just don't care because maybe you had some other stuff to pick up. And uh, when I go to the grocery store at this age, honestly, I don't look at the price tags as much more as much as I used to. It's just down the street and that's my grocery store. And the grocery store a mile down the road might have been cheaper, but just don't care. Mm -hmm. If I really need the milk bad, I'm going to go to the gas station and get it or a convenience store, which is really close and extremely convenient. And it only takes a few seconds out of my day. Now there's probably even a fourth option, which is call somebody to bring it to your house. That's Instacart. Instacart. (laughs) In that third case, I don't smack the uh, gallon of milk when I'm checking out at the counter in front of the guy and say, this is an absolute outrage. How much do you charge for this milk? Like I'm a convenience store? I'm going to buy it. Yeah. But it's an outrage how much this... And if I ever did that, I would hope the clerk looks at me square in the eye and says... And go to Walmart. It's pretty convenient, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. go to Walmart Drive. if you need to. If you want to save some money, yeah. go to Walmart. Why? Because it's convenient. Because I wanted the milk. It's quick. I was doing it anyway, driving right down the... Pl- uh, so people sell land and houses by the ton because they don't want to deal with real estate agents. They don't think that their property, for whatever reason, is worth what it's worth. They can't do math like Joe in her head. Or like you as a Land Academy member. They don't want to do any work. They got a letter. It's all, it's immediate gratification. They got an offer for $32,000 for a piece of property that they never cared about anyway. Mm -hmm. And they looked around and said, $32,000 sounds great. Mm -hmm. They don't have the conversation with themselves most of the time and say, this property is probably worth more than $32,000. Maybe I should call my uh, friend and check my real estate agent friend. You know what's funny about that? They do say those words, but they don't do the second part. I've had them talk to me on the phone saying, I know I could go through the motions and get more for this, but I just don't want to. Jill, how fast can we close? I can name, I can name probably uh, very quickly, I'm not going to do it, but I could name probably 10 to 15 things off the top of my head that are in our house or in our office where if somebody sent me a letter, yeah. I have a pile of computer sure. equipment, pile of computer equipment that's probably pretty valuable that if somebody said, uh, I'm going to come over for, I'm going to hand you a $100 bill. And I'm going to clean out this closet. And I'm going to come over and, and get all that stuff and just take it out of your life. What do you say? I would say, how fast can you get here? Yep. Don't Because I don't care. And it's super convenient. Mm-hmm. I love the free section in OfferUp mm-hmm. and uh, Craigslist for different, it's just come and get all my stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, what about, are we going to talk about the uh, situational 
aspect sure. there too. Sure, Because I ahead. do think that's part of it. So Jack just described the number one reason, in, which is true, it's convenience. It is, I'm here with an, uh, I, you know, virtual open checkbook ready to go and I can and do close these really fast for people. They're like, oh. they, they just, the, the weight is lifted for these people. It's out of their lives and they're happy. And that's when Jack's like, when Jack says they shake our hands and hug us, I've had people hug me literally saying, thank you. I know you're going to make more money on this and thank you for getting this out of my life. And thank you. I needed that money for X. So that's the other piece of this, which is situational. It may be that like a lady I was just thinking about, it was her daughter's master's degree that was going to pay for that. Um, you had one where it was going to take the mom, the mom had cancer and that they could mm-hmm. afford to go to Hawaii. She so really wanted to take Hawaii her mom. for a month. Yeah. And afford to do that. Sometimes it's just a, some life event. Like maybe they're, they got laid off. Maybe, you know, something happened. Somebody's sick, whatever it is. And they, their car broke down. I've had everything from car broke down to this couldn't happen a better time. I just got the vet bill back and I want to save my dog. I mean, really those are serious, real stories situations that I've helped people with and they're like thank you there's no way they could get the $10,000 right now today to pay those vet bills to save their dog if they had like I'll get away find an agent do this do that they're like nope let's do this and and I'm ready to go in most big cities there's uh, if you drive around you'll see check cashing places which I've never understood if you, I've had employees who take their paycheck and go cash it, and I, I've asked them, this is a distant past, way distant past, why are you doing this? Why don't you just deposit it in the bank? Yeah, I don't believe in banks. Mm. I, don't, I don't trust banks. Uh, and I just, I like to get my, my, uh, my paycheck and get the green cash. Mm. I want the cash, and then that way I know how much money I have to spend uh, for the next two weeks until I get another paycheck. I, they don't say. I understand that. So That's do I. Cool. I do too. Yeah. They don't say, uh, they don't even think about the 19 or 20% that it costs to actually do that. Oh, I see what you're saying. And so if their paycheck's two grand, it would have been $2,200, or that's 10%, but $2,400. It doesn't enter their mind. They're not doing any math at all. Mm. Am I criticizing these people? Absolutely not. They have good and uh, valuable lifestyle reasons for these choices that they're they're going to make are they going to get rich making these choices like you know no probably not mm-hmm. you know they're not like us where it's premeditated and, and we're facilitating this are we taking advantage of these people nope. absolutely not um, that's a good point to bring up because some people go oh well then you're talking them into it and all this stuff I'm like no i'm not Mm-mm. that's not one that's not how i roll i had too many people blowing up my phone when these mailers go out i don't have time to talk somebody you know i'm not going to do that it's kind of like hey here's my price if it works for you great if it doesn't i understand this is exactly what i say please hang on to my letter and let me know if you change your mind that's that's it now, if you think that's coercing and talking someone into something <laughs> we got to talk because believe me i've yeah. seen jill talk people into stuff that they don't want to do and that's different <laughs> and i I put back that flowery comforter because of you. Just kidding. And I don't have 18 pillows on the bed. Yeah, there's about nine. You're right. No, you know, it's so funny. In Jill's mind, that's a compromise. Three of them are like more than three are yours. So So let's do some math. Yeah. Now that we're all uh, hopefully understanding, this is a very, very difficult concept for Anybody who's in real estate who comes to Land Academy and they say, 
how are you, you know, how do you guys make money? And I explain this. Many, many of them shake their head and say, this is that's why would that ever work? Yeah. Can I, can I just talk about that for just a moment before we do the math? Because this is the part that perplexes me. They look at they ever that people are can't get it in their head. And I'm like, I don't understand why 16 to 17,000 transactions as proof doesn't spell it out. Oh, we got lucky. I admit that's it. I got lucky 16,500 times. <laughs> Yay. There you go. I think it's probably over. We're not going to do another deal. That's it. Yeah, that's right. We've, we've just pushed it. So and it's it's funny. And this is one thing that I talk about with people when they're coming in the Land Academy. I've had some really good conversations in the last several weeks with new people and they're like what are, what do I need to watch out for I'm in I'm doing it what please tell me what I need to where I'm going to catch myself so I don't make those mistakes like other people I said good question what you should do is don't second guess this things are going to come up like I'm telling you you need to offer this percentage of what you found and send the mail out like that and people go what are you really telling me to put this number on this thing? I'm like, yep, because watch what happens. And the, the, the smartest, best people listen and do it, and they watch what happens. And they go, oh, okay, well, never mind. <laughs> I'm like, right? Because it's, and it's all because of what we're talking about right now. You're sending out these offers for these people. It's a situation, it's timing, it's convenience. We're good people, they trust us, we follow through. Everybody wins. That's it. And, and we're not talking anybody. We're not cold calling. We're not, you know, trying to, trying to, uh, we're not trying to uh, tap into the elderly community or whatever, you know, you think or people have said or whatever. I've heard all kinds of things. I'm like, yeah, no, that's not this at all. But anyway. Thank so let's you. do some math or some okay. real simple math. Once you've uh, accepted this concept and many people don't accept it. The, the hardest, the most difficult person to accept this is a really well-seasoned real estate professional um, who's been used to doing real estate deals successfully by dealing with brokers and paying people, you know, uh, they're used to buying a piece of property. Let's use a, a trailer park for an example, buying a trailer park that's 70% occupied, hiring a, a professional person to live on site to lease up those last 30%. Uh, maybe, well, there's all kinds of things you can do. Put older trailers on a park and then lease those out. But anyway, get the thing to 100% occupancy, maybe do some improvements and then resell it for the same cap rate. But because it's got a lot more revenue, you make a good spread on that. That's a very typical commercial real estate play. And it has never entered their mind that it would have been a hell of a lot easier to negotiate if the property wasn't for sale, if a broker didn't bring it to them. If they got there first, sent a letter to the owner of the uh, trailer park and said, you know, I'm going to, I'd like to buy a traffic trailer park for half a million dollars instead of paying a million through a broker. Okay. Then you would never have to go through all those improvements. You could have listed it with a broker and sold it for a million bucks and then you're done. Could you imagine? I wonder if that, the same, the same person you're describing, it's like they walk up to the counter and they, and they say, you know, here's like, a, like your gallon of milk story. It's like they walk up to the counter at Walmart or Costco, Costco. And they're like, you know what? This is actually too cheap. You should be pricing it at the whatever. You should be pricing at the convenience store pricing. So here, I'm going to give you an extra $10. I don't need the, you know what I mean? Like you wouldn't do that. 
Isn't that funny? Like, no, I, I know it's on sale, but I'm used to paying retail for everything. So please charge me retail. People are not selling their land on price. No. You will get a lot of phone calls. And if you're in the, right. in the group, you do get a lot of phone calls where, where people are very price conscious. Yeah. They're very clear about what their land is, is worth. And they're, they are usually career salespeople, mm-hmm. like corporate sales and something. And they just want to talk. Talk about their hundred thousand dollar piece of property that they think is worth one twenty five, and they just got an offer from you for twenty three grand. Mm-hmm. And they think that they're going to talk you into it, into paying a hundred thousand dollars. So that person cares about price. Those are not people we do deals with. Mm-hmm. Often, and Jill will describe this uh, fifteen different ways. If your offers twenty three thousand dollars, they might come back because they're negotiators. You should do a show on this where different personality mm-hmm. types call you back. That's good. Thirty thousand dollars to do it, even though the property's worth one hundred and twenty. Right, they just they, need to get that little extra whatever. Yeah. And then that's what they want. Mm-hmm. They just want some juice out of that. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's an endorphin rush for them. Uh, I don't know. I'm just, not a big fan of negotiation. Just to feel like they got something out of it. Mm-hmm. I know you said twenty eight thousand, but I need thirty. Okay, I could do thirty. We've done. Many, 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 many deals where they really have patted themselves on the back because they feel like they got so price is sort of involved with that person, but I don't think so. I don't actually think they know what it's worth at all. They don't, and they don't care. They don't. They are. It, what matters to them is getting a little bit more out of us. Feeling like They're they negotiators. Won. Yeah. Feeling like they Which won. Which is fine. And I'm good with that. I'll let them have the win. That's good. You know, it's funny you um you bring that up at the price. One of the things that I don't do hate doing not going to go down this rabbit hole is a guessing game about price so this scenario you just said you offer twenty eight thousand dollars the person doesn't have a number right they're like nope doesn't work try again i'm not going to go 29 nope try again <laughs> that's an auction 30 nope try <laughs> a again reverse auction. you know that funny not going to do that don't even go there so what i'll do though this is so funny i'll say all right you know how i roll we know how this is going to, you know, we know how this could end. Um, what is your bottom, rock bottom number that if I handed you cash today, you'd say, fine, Jill, I'll take it. It's yours kind of thing. And then let them give you a number. And then you try to make that work. But what's funny is I sincerely believe that that number has nothing to do with the property. That's what I think, Jill. And do you know what it's Exactly what I think. It's tied to his wife just came in this morning and said <laughs> she wanted to remodel the kitchen. <laughs> I'm not kidding. And that's what the kitchen costs or fill in the mm-hmm. blank. It's There's something back there that they're like, huh, this money will solve that problem. That's my number. And you just have to, you just have to get that out of them. It's so funny. So let's do the math. Okay. If you so now you've accepted this, whether you're the trailer park guy, the buyer, or the seller, or a potential land academy member, or an existing land academy member uh, that's wondering how many offers you should send out a month. Does it make more sense to try this five thousand times or five hundred times? The obvious answer is the more people you reach, it's good by sending out a mailer the more uh, opportunities, acquisition opportunities that are will physically and literally be signed purchase agreements on your desk for you to review. Exactly. You are really shooting yourself in the foot if you think you're gonna send out a 500 unit mailer at price at 25% or 20% of, of the established retail value and uh, get a lot of response. Yeah. 
you know, because the people that don't care about price or the people that uh, are negotiators or the people that, that we just described, the situations that we described, you know, are less prevalent than people who think that their property is uh, worth a million dollars. We didn't talk about that. There's a handful of people that believe their $50,000 property is oh, worth 50 million. Priceless. That's Because there's that's gold. Funny. There's gold in there. That's exactly. Literally gold. They're, those are people that, and when you get those situations, they don't want to sell. That's so, what's going on. You know, this last career path, we had a person who was uh, on Jill's, Jill's side of the world, uh, not mine, who's not a tech person and not into the data piece at all. It's just, you know, lifelong salesperson. And she said, what are you guys talking about? You send all this mail out? I send about three or 400 mailers, units out uh, and I don't even price it. I just say, I want to buy your land. And then she proceeds to stay on the phone with each person who calls her back and wear them, filibuster them down. I don't know. Women can do this for some reason. I, I don't know if that was the right term, but she would just talk to them and for an hour, though. That's the, the exact uh, strict definition of filibuster. Okay. Talk until you I get what you want. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying, I'm choosing to be very supportive here. That was just her way. And so there's nothing wrong with that. But she was very surprised that we send all this mail out. Well, here's a, well, there is one problem with that. You can only talk to eight people a day or 10 people a day. How long, how long am I gonna do? If you do an hour long call, I'm not, I can't do that. If I have eight hours a day, I'm talking to 50 people or more. So it's, yeah. it, it would stand a chance. And I came up with this program, uh, you know, this methodology of sending out offers. You know, I'm not, I'm sure. not slapping myself on the back here. I'm you really should. not. You should. I didn't learn this from somebody and I didn't like take away that somebody was doing it and do my own offshoot of it and that shoot of, you know, offshoot version of it. Go make tons and tons of money with Jill and then launch Land Academy based on this concept. I came up with this and I failed at it a lot, mm -hmm. many, many, many times until I honed into, into actually sending people an offer. Mm -hmm. Why? Why did I come up with this? Because I don't want to cold call people. Yeah. I don't want to talk on the phone all day right. like some people do. I want to send out a bunch of offers in a perfect world, not talk to anybody, get a bunch of offers, a much smaller number back in the people mail of signed offers that at the numbers that I can control. Right. And do and pick the ones that I want and do the deal. Right. And it's I started sending mail out like this in the early two thousands, and we never stopped mm -hmm. because it works, and we still don't uh, mm -hmm. stop. And Joe and I get thank you notes every week because we have a person uh, in the advanced group in the Career Path Alumni group that just sent out eighty thousand units of mail. He said he's got maybe twenty five deals that he's looking at that are, you know, he ran out of acquisition money, mm -hmm. which is a great thing. Yeah. And so he's seeking deal funding. The numbers really work. The more mail you send out, it's true. the more deals you're going to do. That's true. Thank you. Let's take a look at one of our favorite land acquisitions from the weekly Thursday member webinar. In County, Georgia, 5.22 acres. We have access, affordable, alive. Nope. No. Uh, hold on a moment. The husband passed on. The land is in an estate trust, but the wife is alive and wants to sell. We need to double check in Georgia the um if it's an automatic thing the wife may or may not know if it's in a trust yeah that's what it is she may or may not know so that that's that's okay that's a that's a helper with a phone call to the her attorney who can help her with this and by the way the attorney if you're going to get the attorney involved in this by the way ask if the attorney can close a deal for you because that would be cool and they would like that and if the estate has any money left in it to pay him or her oh that's a good idea. 
There you go. So, all right. Uh, purchase price, 10500 Thanks for good sell it for 35500 Uh Large piece. I'm already worried. Um, I see there's a power line running through the western side of the property. Is that a deal breaker or a bargaining chip? I have three things so far at me right now, Joshua. So I'm just, just telling you, I'm, I'm reaching for my FIFA cards. I'm holding both of them right now. So I pull this up just so you know that what goes on in the mind of an old crusty man. <laughs> I pull this up and I see that this is all built around really good, built up properties everywhere, a couple of vacant lots. That's okay. Great access. What's wrong with this property? Why is it still like this? Because mm -hmm. it looks great and the price looks great. The only thing, the only thing so that's... the question is now we're going to dig deep and we're going to find out what's wrong. At least it's better than that one. <laughs> Floodplain's okay. What I hope the answer is, is it just left over because this guy was older and his wife now has it and they just want to get rid of it. If that's the case, I'm in. Oh, I don't no. think that's the case at all. No, I'm holding one FIFA card right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I will show it in a minute. The answer is this. So the question you have to ask yourself is a lot of this property is in this easement where you will own and pay for infinitely as the end user of this, the right to look at that. Hey, will you check the legal? Just make sure there's nothing funky in there. That's the bad news. The good news is you got a bunch of usable property here. A lot of it, actually. A ton of usable property here. So maybe Mrs. Widow, you can pull a, a Sam here and say, you know, I thought it was worth $10,000, but really we're buying half the property mm -hmm. because this is all in an easement. So what do you say? 5,000 bucks, we call it a day. Ironically, they paid $4,600 for it. There you go. We talk when, about- When was that? Toggle. 2,000. There we go. And there, there it is. They tried to sell it and couldn't. But look at, it was him. What's the deal here? He put it from his put name to his trust. name. Oh, that was probably it. I love it. You're like, well, the mail hit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to go run errands. I'm like, oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> trying to find what these value of these houses are just to get a gauge. 179000 in 2016. Mm -hmm. I would buy okay. this. I would buy it. For five. Period. Should you buy it for 10? Yeah, I would buy it for 10, but I'd try to get it for five because of the easement. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, hold on a moment. Don't forget, we're not even sure we could transfer it. Well, we don't know if we can transfer it. And honestly, you don't know if it's usable because now you've got a pretty narrow piece of dirt and I'm not sure, you know, it looks like it's okay just looking at it like this is usable because this is mm -hmm. usable and this is usable you just need to you need to confirm all this got said this is a look at what sid dean writes here he was on got a hate off. call and a signed contract all on the same day that's just how it is what a business isn't that great yeah. i swear when the hate calls come in i'm like yeah we priced it right all right sit tight yeah, I got a couple of validation calls where they're like, you offered me like a third of what it's worth. And it's like, perfect. Yep, great. <laughs> I was for. Totally. Like, woohoo. <laughs> How do you consistently create wealth for yourself in the land business? Well, I can get all nebulous about, uh, about this. Or I can just simply say this which Jill appreciates when it's more simple. Thanks a lot. <laughs> if you learn how to do this, you give yourself the, the right amount of time, let's say three to six months to really learn Land Academy and spend time on Discord talking to other people who have been through it, who are going through it and succeeded at it. Mm -hmm. And you get yourself on a mailer schedule. Yeah. And you never stop that yeah. mailer schedule, regardless of what happens. And you're at every mailer, you're constantly learning. 
you will become uh, generally wealthy unless you're missing huge parts of this. You will at some point get a consistent pipeline filled and buy and sell a lot of land. I talked about that last night. There was um, someone on the call last night that said we're we're now in a system. We're doing seventeen, like seventeen hundred and forty units, something like that, a week. Period. Oh, that's good. We have it all plotted out. This is what we're doing. I'm like, okay, you can't lose. You will not lose if you keep just keep doing it. And then what's going to happen too is, you know, like with us, it's just going to keep the deals just keep coming from the new mailer and then your old mailer will start picking up steam you're going to get after a year of this you're going to you're going to be looking at yourself going did we even mail that county and things come back at the end of the year they come back in the summer it just come back we have stuff over 10 years that they come back we i, I spent um because of the way interest rates have dramatically increased over the last 12 months they've doubled and i mean mortgage rates not interest rates when this happens, commercial real estate becomes available for purchase. People who, who own, let's say, trailer parks or strip malls or, or any type of commercial real estate that it can be analyzed on a capitalization rate, because of that increased cost of capital, it's very uh, common for commercial real estate to be on funky type loans. So there's variable rate loans that are tied to interest rates or um, 30 year amortization loans that really only have a five year term. So at five years, you have to renegotiate the loan. And of course, you're going to do that in prevailing rates at that time. So the whole result of that, when interest rates go up like this and don't really show any signs of going down, at least not this year, when people have a marginally good deal, let's say it's a trailer park, we'll use that as an example, that extra interest rate, especially, it doubled. Their cost of capital has doubled in 12 months. Their, their rent didn't double. The, you know, their, their operations didn't get incredibly uh, much better, that much better to offset that extra expense. Mm -hmm. They sell. Exactly. They panic and sell. And so I, I ran a whole analysis on what it takes to buy an, a trailer park. And right next to it, I ran an analysis on what it takes to be successful at buying and selling land. Mm -hmm. And buying and selling land in 2020 is exactly the same as it is in 2023. Why? Because we don't have a cost of capital. And so it, to make things even better for our own situation, for land, land investment in 2023, the people who do have a lot of commercial real estate uh, or anything else that is tied to an interest rate, like let's say a house with a variable rate mortgage, are going to run out of money. And if they have extra land laying around, that's one of the first things they're going to get to sell. And if they have an offer stuck to their refrigerator for you to buy it, whether it's from this year, this month, or like Jill said, three Two years, years ago, ago, they're going to call. Yeah, We know that because we've been sending out mail since the early 2000s, and we're getting these calls. Mm -hmm. And we're getting these emails now way more than we were a year or two ago. Exactly. So... If you're in, and that's the result of consistently sending mail and consistently creating wealth, mm -hmm. you know, there, I don't think, I don't know if we've ever had a bad year buying and selling mail. I mean, buying and selling land. Mm -mm. No, isn't that interesting? Because I was talking about that because, you know, everybody's really worried about recession and things like that. And they're like, how's it going to affect the land business? I'm like, this is not my first rodeo, not my second, not your third. Mm -hmm. You know, we've been, and I could say I watched our peers 
you know, other investors not make it through, especially the last one, like nine, 10, mm-hmm. um, around there. And I felt really bad. Thank goodness. You know, we, you, you set us up correctly. And that's another point about this too. Not one of the things that we do is we buy these properties. I'm not running around with contracts. I'm not assigning things. I own this property. So, and we bought it right and we bought it, you know, so we know we're going to make money on it no matter what happens. Maybe I'm not going to three X my money. Maybe I, maybe I make it 90% big deal because I'm fine with that. You know, we have consistently proven it. And I think that's why a lot of people are here with us for decades, kept food on the table. Thanks to land. And we've done other things. Have I thrown renovations in there? You threw renovations in there. I loved it. You hated it. It was funny. But then my joke now is I never worked so hard for $35,000 in my life. <laughs> so she means renovating houses, yep, not doing that again. But yeah, we've done renovations, commercial properties, office buildings, uh, all kinds of other things that we've done. But and, and, and in the land space, that's great. When you put it, something on it, it's not our forte. Yeah, and that's just because we're land people. Yeah. You know, there's so many people that would disagree with, with the, there's True. still people in this world that do really well with office buildings. Yeah, I don't have I just stomach read, for it. just read that office buildings are at 50% occupancy. And yeah. they're at 80% occupancy a year ago. Yeah. This is all because of cost, cost of capital going up. Which is, you know, as a res- the, the reason that the, the feds are in- raising interest rates like this pretty consistently, and they're actually going to raise them again about a quarter point today if they haven't already. They probably have. Is because inflation, it's a that way to hedge off inflation. The fact that eggs are made more expensive than they were a year ago. Well, what caused inflation? The feds generally printing too much money. Mm-hmm. So it's this cycle that goes on with uh, fa- fairly uneducated politicians that I won't go into now, but actually I'll never go into it. <laughs> our job is to oh, not judge these thank people. Thank you. We our, all think. Our job is to, to sit down, run the numbers right. without emotion and say, yeah. here we go again. And now how am I going to change what I do? How am I going to yeah. change my mailer? What am I going to do with my business partner? Mm-hmm. How are we going to make some changes to actually capitalize on the fact that uh, the market's changing yep. and forget about any emotion or politics or any of that? Exactly. That's great, Jack. I don't have $300 million like you guys seem to have every time an acquisition comes up to go write a check. And I realize that, and so does Joe. That's why we put together Discord and, and uh, landfunding.com. I think that's mm-hmm. the name of the website. Yep. And so we have a, a massive community of people that have a lot of money because they've been through this too. Some mm-hmm. of them have gray hair, some of them don't, where you can go to them and with the, if you have a good real estate deal mm-hmm. and fund your deal. And it, it's not tied to interest rates. It's equity funding. It's not debt funding. Mm-hmm. And and travel forward until you don't need their funding anymore. And these people are not like, they're not um, your typical, you know, uh, lender, if you will. There are people in our community. They're your partner. Like me. Who understand you know? land. Exactly. And who are educated about how to buy and sell land and right. how inexpensively you can do it, just like you. Yep. They might be six months, a year, three years ahead of you, sitting on a bunch of cash going, yeah, that is a good deal. Yeah. I remember working in that area a while back, or I didn't even know this was going on over here, whatever it is. That's a great deal. I will absolutely give you the money for that. Yep. It's awesome. I love it. <laughs> Julia, I have something inspirational to share, I think. Maybe so, not so inspirational. I know. <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit today because this this is coming up. I'm noticing this 
shift with more and more females and more and more couples. And I love it. And it was really sweet. Um, Oh gosh, is it Melinda? I think we were talking about it. And she was saying, you know, how much we have helped her because she and her husband are in this together like us and listening to us and hearing us. And when we talk about, which I want to talk about a little bit with you right now, some of the things that we had to do to survive and work together (laughs) and, you know, and, and be supportive uh, and move forward. It's hard with your spouse. You have different ideas. You have, you know, it's like, whether it's not your spouse, you know, your spouse, your partner, your best friends, anyone that you're really, really close with. If you're saying we should do this together, this is the greatest idea. It all sounds romantic and great in the, in the beginning until you realize you both want to work on the same thing or you both don't want to work on the same thing. There's nothing romantic about working with your spouse. Oh, stop it. <laughs> doesn't sound romantic in the beginning to me at all. Oh, well, you're a guy. <laughs> I don't know. I know some guys that think I've... No, I've talked to guys that said my dream would be to have my wife come in and do this with me. And I think that's Want great. me to translate that for you? Go right ahead. My dream is to have my wife work for me. Oh. <laughs> I am not even going to comment on that right now. At all. Because you kind of got your dream, didn't you? <laughs> no. That's exactly the opposite okay, of what I got. All right. It may have been that like that for 14 minutes, but... Okay. And that was never my intention. Thanks. I'm, just, That's I'm great. really just horsing around. There we go. No, but... But it's so, I love it. I love that we are attracting and helping um, couples do this. And I was thinking, like, what's... If you could think of one thing that has made this work for us, please, and share it. What is your one thing? (sighs) I'm going to answer your question, but I do have something to follow up Okay, go ahead. Jill and I, Mm -hmm. the reason this works at all, and and for how many years has it been? Geez, it's been. 14? Yeah, 14 years. Mm -hmm. The reason this works is because Jill and I, way, way out in the future, she and I can see what we both, we want, and it's the same thing. And so, and I didn't know this when we started working with each other. Honestly, it was just dumb luck, period. Uh, we didn't develop this after we met or started working with each other or any of that. She wanted to be very successful at what, and, and, and I found out way later that she was. At whatever she was doing, and wherever she worked, she showed up in the morning. She met her goals, her sales goals in most ca- or all cases, and smashed it. And was constantly the best person in the office, selling and reselling and, and all of that. So, Thanks. you know, and I was too. I was very successful at the stuff that I, you know, where I wanted to work. I was very right. successful at it. So you have to have that long vision. And and the first thing I would do if you're considering working with your spouse, or even if you've worked with your spouse for a while is have a get out of the office and sit down somewhere and say what where do you see all this all of this in 15 or 20 or 30 years or five years and see what they say you're going to be shocked at how it's not the same i think do you think you can get them on the same page yeah but see this this is a big huge difference between you and i a massive difference i don't want to sway anybody or or uh uh, beat a path for them so that they start following down a path that i want them to follow down where i think it's better I don't think that's healthy uh, in a relationship, professional or socially. I don't want anything to change. I want I want it to be the building blocks of it to be built before I get there. Well, what if what if there's a way to get each other's goals 
separately? What if, what if you, my goal is to have this, it's like, let's just, for example, my goal, maybe your goal is retire early and my goal is to have my beach house. Maybe we could do both. Yeah, I think that's a, oh, if you want to set goals and then work together, however you work independently or together yeah. to hit those things, I think that's a great idea. Okay, good. That's fantastic. All but, right. but to change somebody's like, no, you're not going to change you know, your mindset. Work habits or your mindset yeah. or, or hours That'll that they never work. work. Or, yeah. That's People are never going to change. <laughs> very early on, Jack taught me this phrase and I never forgot it. <laughs> Here's the definition of compromise. Great. Now nobody's happy. That's right. <laughs> That's true. I've used that a hundred times since then. Uh, yes, you have. <laughs> Do you know what my number one thing is? The My number one thing, if you're going to sit down right now and you want to work with your spouse and you want to make this successful, stay out of the other person's lane, period. I think you need to, even if you, like I talked about in the beginning, you both want to work on the same things and you both not want to work on the same thing. So you know what? Divide it up. Make it fair. Go, all right. Because there's, there's, there's stuff like even within us, right? I'm like, look, I hate doing this, but I hate doing that more. So if you'll take that on, I'll take this on. There's, you can have those conversations and be like, you know what? Great. Thank you. And then once you have that, and we, we've done this, we, we, we haven't we done still it. do it. We, yeah, exactly. It's been a little while, but we would draw, take a sheet of paper, draw a line down the middle. This is true. We'd still do it. Okay. You're marketing, you're O2O, you're this, you're that. Mm -hmm. We divide up responsibilities in our, in our, really it's our other companies. The land is just, it kind of come, really comes natural for yeah. us, the land part. But, but when you, and when you agree, that's on like data, why would I, why would I even question it? By the way, his data, his picking areas, his pricing offers. Well, see, you know that now. That's the well, thing. We have this hind the luxury of hindsight. Well, yeah, but, 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 you know. but somebody's going to naturally be better at it. I think I, I really do. And someone's going to be naturally better at answering the phones and getting the deals done, you know, things like that. The nice thing too is though, because of us and our experience now, you listen to me when I say, hey, yeah. I know you've got a mailer going out. Can you yeah. please roll in this area in this size? And you're like, sure, fine. I don't, I don't, whatever you got working on, great. Let's, let's roll that right. into it too. But the part about staying in your lane though, when you draw that line and you say your data, I'm the phone, whatever, this, the other person can't say, oh, I answer, I want to do this too. Oh, I think I can do it better. Mm -mm. You got to stay out of their stuff because then you're going to fail if you don't. If you come along and critique the person, try to get all up in their business, try to do it better, try to change their process, that's not going to work. You know, what Joe's describing as a, a boss. No. If you think that you're going to be the boss of your wife <laughs> and in a workplace, you can stop right now. In fact, in fact you can turn this Even podcast home? Turn this podcast. You think you're going to be the boss of yes. your wife in the home and with child and, raising? Like just and the same thing as the reverse. If your wife <laughs> thinks she's going to sit you down at work and tell you what to do all day and have you deal with it, yes, you know, then there's something wrong with you, not her. <laughs> Listen, all kidding aside, <sighs> in every single couple I've ever met, and usually people in business make this mistake. You can't just let it happen. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to work with her next week. She's quitting her job. She's put her in two weeks notice. In three we're weeks, we're going to be working together. We're going to figure it out. Yeah. We're going to sit down together and and uh, she's going to do sales and I'm going to do acquisitions. And that, and that makes sense to me. And, yeah. And, uh, I need to I run a buyer. You, I give you one week. <laughs> you can't just let 
that happen. Yeah. Just like you can't let a mailer happen. You have to really manipulate a mailer and you have to seek help out from Discord, uh, all the education products that we provide and, and, uh, and sit down with yourself in a dark room and map all of it out. And, and so you have this, this you're, what you're really doing is building a sense of confidence. It's the same thing that happens with working with your spouse. You need to put some rules in place. Mm-hmm. Joe and I, ha- ha- uh, about two years ago, uh, decided to have a meeting. We, we call it a partner's meeting. That's what it's called in the our calendar. I think it's at 9.30 or 9.30 in the morning, like three days a week. Mm-hmm. And so all the stuff that goes on that she needs to talk me to talk about, if something's not on fire, she writes down and so do I. Mm-hmm. And in this partner's meeting, we talk about it. Mm-hmm. And do the meetings get heated sometimes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what it does is it stops her and me from barreling into each other's office to talk about something that it's going to end up being entirely meaningless anyway. And then everybody wastes an hour talking about something or debating something that just has nothing to do with whatever. Right. So you can't just let it happen. You have to have a plan with some with some rules in place. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, this podcast... It's always been my baby. Yep. And she knows that. Yep. Now, she didn't in the beginning. You know, she wanted to be all involved in in, uh, the sound checks and camera angles and backgrounds and and all of that. And as you can tell, I lost every battle. Yeah, I mean, she's not happy. (laughs) She's constantly, to this day, God, this podcast is like eight years old. I know. You know, why is it so dark in here? Because it's dark in here. Because I'm dark. And if you look at Jill's stuff, it's all light and airy and fun. And because that's who she is. Pretty. I have colors. <laughs> yes. And so you got to let that stuff go. And uh, we've all accepted it. And, you know, and I'm, but I'll tell you, getting that first deal done and then maybe getting the first 10 deals done, all of it goes away. Not all of it. 95% of it, all this stuff goes away because everybody's got feel good uh, confidence in their spouse now confidence in themselves the system works we're consistently getting mailers out money's coming in it's going out it's coming in and and that's how you know it's going to work yeah I but agree. you can't just say yeah let's 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 uh, try this yeah we got i'll this. see you on monday everybody else does it jack and jill do it we can do this let's, too let's push our desks together and <laughs> stare at each other all day <laughs> Could you imagine? No. Oh. No, we would last 20 oh, minutes. Oh, no. 20 minutes you and I would last yeah. in, the, in the same. We really? just now can work in the same building. True. For years, we worked but, in not in different buildings, in different zip codes. Yes, this is true. With different staff and different everything. One of us had the home office and one of us went to the office and that was it. Or remember the time we were on different floors? Yeah. That worked out, kind of. Yes. Yeah. But uh, but one of us would pop down to the other person's floor too much. So <laughs> that but that helps (laughs) here's my final thought and this is not just working with your spouse this is like living with your spouse the concept of blame has no place in a relationship and I learned this uh, not because I wanted to from my parents Hmm. keep going you can't blame somebody else. If some, if a deal goes bad, deals go bad. True. We have bad deals, uh, probably, probably one or two a year where, you know, Very stuff's true. still for sale. We have accumulated properties for sale that, you know, they're either not priced right. It's not, we didn't, but it's, it's pr- usually because I want to sell them for too much, but stuff goes wrong. 
computers die, you know, uh, cash flow is not what you expected. We forget you about can't it. can't blame. Sometimes you just if forget, you, like, I still own that? And it's, yeah. I, what I've found over the years is this is a personality type. There's some people that just need to blame somebody, for, uh-huh. and if, if, if they're sitting next to the, the closest person's going to get blamed. True. You know, and that sprouts from who knows where, where, where it actually comes from. It comes from some type of personal, I can't fail, or, you know, you got... You got slapped on the wrist too many times when you spilled milk when you're a kid. I don't know. I don't know where it comes from, but I know that blaming people for stuff that is not going well, it doesn't end well yeah. for anybody. I'm still laughing at the put the thought of putting our two desks <laughs> facing each other <laughs> and how horrible that would go. Because invariably when someone leaves their desk, like, well, how come I'm the only one working? You know, like, that would be... And it would be nonstop critiquing. You know, you oh, missed yeah. this on that call. Mm-hmm. You're like, <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine if I listened to your sales calls and then oh. and you got done and hung it up and uh and you're like, well, why? I said, here's what you should have done. Then you'd, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I don't know about that. You know, about you know, 15 minutes into that, you were talking about something that I don't think had really had anything to do with land gel. I think you should have done this. <laughs> you could have been more efficient. You, mm-hmm. you could have got it cheaper. Right. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right. How about you, Jack? Do you have something informational that you want to share with us today? There, your topic kind of rolls into mine. Okay. My Jack informational topic is as follows. What's the role of your emotion in your land career? And I would argue that the role for emotion in land is none. I think the more that you can check your emotion at the door when, when, it's, when you're buying and selling land, especially if you're working with your spouse, the further and faster you're going to get. And is it possible? Sure, it's possible. Have I ever seen it? No. Even I get emotional about buying land because it's awesome. I love land. I get emotional, way too emotional about the sales price. These, this, I, it, not in the beginning of my career, I just wanted to sell everything constantly. Now I'm like, you know, maybe we should hold on to some of this property. It's really, we're getting it for 10% of what it's worth now. What's this going to be worth in, you know, 25 years? Exactly. So I'm starting to have those thoughts which cross over into emotion. Is it effective to make money? No. Right. Is it effective to, you know, for Jill to come to me and say, I don't think we got the best mailer yield out of this last mailer that, you know, it's not your best work. You need to up I, your game, buddy. And I expect, you to, uh, I expect more out of you, Jack. <laughs> you That's awesome. That's great. Is that effective? No, it's ridiculous. It's emotional and silly and it's going to, you know, fireworks are going to happen after that. Where was your head yeah. when this went mm-hmm. out? Yep. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Every single person wants to sell. Congratulations. Right. 25 years of professional sales, Joe, and you can't sell this piece of land. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> this is it? Yeah. You know what? This is what I'm stuck with? You know what? Our our, our college freshman could have priced this better. <laughs> Keep your emotion at check. Yeah, Tony Robbins has a whole thing on this. Does he? Yeah, like a huge, like ten-year thing about what's what's stopping you from where you want to be. He's he's famous for saying this. Your emotion. Hmm. You listen to Tony Robbins. That's good. Sometimes I, I like that. That's really. I good. said this on Career Path once, and there was a, I don't know, it was a while, a long time ago. That's cool. And people, um, 
there were two women, two part, women in a partnership, in a business partnership, just lo they lost it. They oh. didn't lose it, but they had a lot to say. What do you mean? <laughs> All the best deals I've ever done was because of motion, and they just went, they were being emotional. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not gender specific, trust me, it's not. Men express yeah. emotion in rage, which is still emotion. Mm -hmm. Oh, we love that. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> That's funny. Join us next Wednesday for another interesting episode. You are not alone in your real estate ambition. We, we are Jack, Jack and Jill. Jill. Information and inspiration to buy undervalued property. <laughs>